Okay, welcome to our next uh, podcast. And today we're very privileged to have another Chairman's Bonus Check recipient um, on the line today, Diamond Sapphire Manager Adam May, um, also part of our leadership team for um, just about as long as we've had a leadership team in the UK. Adam, thanks for being with us on the call today. It's a pleasure, Bob. Great to have you uh, with us. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the Chairman's Bonus uh, incentive and of course ordinarily um, you and I would probably have been talking as you walked off stage in Sydney but this year we find ourselves in uh, unusual circumstances and we have to do a, 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 a virtual chairman's bonus check uh, event this year so that was really the main reason for wanting to chat with you today now people listening in who um, are unaware of what chairman's bonus is it is part of our incentive program details of which you can find in the incentive brochure and also in company policy but essentially each of the participating uh, forever countries and they can participate when they reach a certain turnover puts three percent of our turnover into a fund and that is shared by the qualifiers and uh, how you qualify you can find in uh, in company policy but there's no limit to the amount of people that can qualify and uh, most years the total fund has been around the uh, the uh, what was it 17 18 million dollars yeah i was trying to think of the total we've given away actually um oh. hundreds of millions over the year but you're I, right I think, it's, I think it's around 350 million dollars yeah. isn't it 18 20 million every year for sure so it's a sizable additional income for the people who uh, qualify so adam i'm um, recognizing that we've probably got a lot of people listening to us who don't really know who you or i are tell us a little bit about your forever journey so i originally when i left university a long time ago i went to work in the city i was a futures and options broker and i did that successfully for seven years but it was a typical cash rich time poor lifestyle. Uh, so around the end of the eighties, I decided to set up my own business, traditional business with a couple of colleagues in the financial services industry, which I know you're very familiar with. Indeed. Um, and we leased expensive offices in Victoria, which as you know, is a very expensive part of London. I mean, it's just around the corner from Buckingham palace. We hired two secretaries. We put in, I can't remember if it was a 40 or 50 line switchboard. And that was before we'd had a single piece of, of business come through the door. And of course, it was a switchboard because there were very few mobile phones back then. Yeah. Um, and we got started. And it would have been great in the kind of early to mid 80s. But sadly, we hit a recession in 1990, which you, I'm sure, remember when we fell out of the European exchange rate mechanism. And um, that business went bust after two and a half years. And I literally lost everything. The only thing I managed to hang on to was my flat. Um, and the only reason I managed to hang on to that was because it was in such bad negative equity that the bank refused to repossess it <laughs> and insisted I keep trying to pay the mortgage. That must have um, been a stressful time for you. It was very stressful, but it also meant that I had to go back working for someone else, which was a really tough thing to do. Because when you've been your own boss and, you're, and it's your baby, you, you know, you're really passionate about it. And then going back and, you know, having to be well, get in, into work at a certain time, having to be at your desk for a certain number of hours. You know, you couldn't leave before a certain number of hours was up. I mean, it was just soul destroying. But even though I'd been through that experience of losing the business and losing everything, I still had that spark of being an entrepreneur. And, and actually a friend invited me to look at network marketing 
um, in very early in the very early 1990s. And I have to say, it wasn't forever. I went along to a meeting, and I saw. I mean, forget the company, but what I saw was the ability to be able to multiply my time. Yeah. And, and that's a crucial thing for particularly new people to understand because it, it means that in a job or even if you're self-employed, it doesn't matter how hard you work. There are only a certain number of hours in a day and there's only a certain amount you're going to get paid per hour. Eventually, it means there will be a cap on what you can earn. What I saw with network marketing was the ability to be able to multiply my time. So if I built a team and continued growing that team, I would end up earning a tiny percentage on everyone that joined my team. Um, and I saw the numbers, you know, I saw if I found five people who found five, that would be 25, who found five, that'd be 125, 625, 3,125. And I suddenly realized that this was a business where not only could I generate a much bigger income than I would be able to in a job or being self-employed, but I would do it by having to help others. Because the other thing about network marketing, of course, is that you can only be successful by helping other people to become successful. And that was really, really important to me. I think that is, when I, when I listen sometimes to some of the criticism and feedback about uh, MLM and network marketing from journalists and others, this concept that you, the truth of the industry is you can only be successful if you help others is almost the opposite of what you see in the press where the suggestion is there's just a few people that make it at the detriment of everybody else. And, and you know, it's interesting that when you're involved in the industry, as we have been for a long time, the reality is very different from the perception, isn't it? You can only be successful if you help others without a doubt. Yes, and I find it very frustrating when you know, I hear journalists or I hear people who've never even been involved in the industry make ridiculous comments that like only a handful of people make it. I mean, what's their definition of make it is the first yeah. point. You know, lots of people join network marketing to make a few hundred pounds a month yeah. because that's the difference between being able to enjoy life and have a few luxuries and not being able to enjoy life be between being able to pay off the mortgage or pay the rent or, you know, put the kids into nursery or whatever it is and not being able to do that. You know, so, so the first thing is, what's their def definition of make it? The second thing is, you know, we do not pitch this as everyone who joins is able to make or will make a million pounds a year or even half a million or a quarter of a million pounds a year or even a hundred thousand pounds a year. We pitch it very much that the sky's the limit but it's totally up to you and the amount of effort that you put in and how willing you are to be coachable and trainable. Yeah. Um, and that's why I get so frustrated when I hear ill-educated uh, Ill supposed experts talking about our industry never having been involved with it themselves. Yeah, so yes, no, I totally agree with you there. Couldn't agree more. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as with every other business, it is about the... Uh, as you said, it's, it's not just about having a good learning attitude, it's about the, the energy and the effort that you put into it. And, uh, you know, no business is, is different in that sense. It's, uh, and, and, you know, again, we often see examples of people who put no effort in and have expected everything to come in their direction, which is frustrating too. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, people are flaky. You know, we're great at starting things, we're not so good at finishing things. I mean, you've only got to look at January, when everyone's new year resolution is to get fit. So yep. you get 
hundreds of thousands of people, maybe even millions of people signing up to join their local gym. Yeah. By the third week of January, 90% of them aren't even going anymore. They don't bother canceling their subscription. Um, and that's one of the reasons why so many gyms survive is because of subscriptions from people that aren't attending there. Um, but you know, they, those people don't turn around and blame the gym for the fact that they're not getting fit. They know it's them, but in network marketing, when people join a network marketing company and they are um, involved in the business and they don't do anything, they then turn around and blame that company or they blame network marketing for the fact nothing's happening. But, you know, it's like joining the gym and not going to the gym. I mean, why would you think you'd get fit just from joining the gym? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just a ludicrous kind yeah. of concept. But anyway, that, that's what I saw and I joined that company and I was working it obviously part-time because I had a full-time job. Um, and I was, in, I was with that company for two years and I have to say I was dreadfully unsuccessful. I was, there were a few people that I'd worked with in the city that were involved that were making tens of thousands of pounds a month. I was scraping by on the odd retail sale and in two years I managed to recruit one person. Okay. But what happened was I read all the books I listened to all the cassette tapes as they were back then. And I went to all the trainings and I found myself falling in love with network marketing. The more I read, the more excited I became about honestly how ethical the business was. Going back to what we've just talked about, which is you can only be successful by helping other people to become successful. And so um, in the meantime though, I was finding out more and more about that company. Um, and I was falling out of love with that company. And I'm not, I mean, I'm just saying that in every industry, there's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And again, you know, I know that there are some ugly stories from companies in network marketing. We, we you and I have a long history in network marketing and, and we know that there are companies that have promised a lot and they're not delivered or they've gone bust or they've launched yep. with a big fanfare in the UK and they pulled out of the UK, leaving all the, the, the distributors um, or, the, or the reps um, you know, devastated because they suddenly had gone overnight from having an income to having no income and no business. Yeah. You know, we've heard all of those stories, but but I, I, that's what happened to me. I fell out of love with that company because they weren't ethical. Um, and um, I then decided I was going to spend a few months looking around the industry to find the right company with the right products for me. And the first thing I knew was I needed to find a company that had consumable, repeatable products yeah. because the pro company I'd been with before had hard goods. So, so literally you, you retailed a unit and it lasted for three years. So obviously there were no retail sales unless you were in inverted commas a salesman. Um, I also knew at that point that I needed to find a company that was stable, that was secure, that had a long-term future for the reasons I just talked about. The last thing you want to be doing is joining a company that could you know, that could go bust in two years, that could be, um, that could pull out of the UK because they're just not doing enough sales or even pull out of Europe. And, and you and I have both seen that happen over and over and over again. And all that does is give network marketing a, a, a you know, a bad name. And, and, you know, poor people who join a company like that and they end up, you know, they put their life and soul into it. They tell all their friends about it. They, um, they get their friends and their relatives involved in the company and then bang, the company's gone overnight. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's, there's, there's that company that, that happened recently in the, in the um, Bitcoin 
um, industry. Yep. I think I think it was called OneCoin, where they they took something like three point eight billion dollars globally, yep. and then it, the whole thing just disappeared. And you know, millions of people around the world um, were, were devastated by that. So you know, anyone looking at network marketing, please make sure you're looking for a stable, solid, and secure company, not one that's going to be here today, gone tomorrow. Just um, going back one step, Adam, I agree 100% about the stability of the company. But you, you also mentioned the when you were looking, you were looking for a company with a consumable product. And for the benefit of the new people listening in, what what is the significance, in your opinion, of that? Yes, sorry, I should have explained. Um, it, it, the the significance of a consumable product is that you get repeat orders. Yeah. You know, so that so the sequence with us is somebody joins they 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 like the product they fall in love with the product they become brand loyal they recommend and i use the word recommend all the time rather than sell because honestly that's what i do all i do is recommend the product their customers then try it they become brand loyal if they like it and they repeat order and what that does is it means that anyone can build a business in network marketing if the product is right because they don't have to be salespeople because in network marketing, the, the, the key is you don't need to have hundreds of customers or thousands of customers. Don't think of it as a traditional business. You, with us, for instance, we talk about somebody having around 20 plus regular repeating customers. And when somebody is doing that, they're probably making between two and 400 pounds a month. Yeah. Um, and it means you don't have to keep look, going into the marketplace and finding new customers all the time. That's the key to having a consumable, repeatable product. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Of course, the, the significance of that from a distribution point of view, uh, when you talked earlier on about the five, finding the five, finding the five, finding the five, if they all have 20 to 30 customers, the market penetration for the manufacturer is huge. So you've achieved uh, the same end result as a conventional retail channel, but lots and lots of people looking after a small number of people, probably in a much better way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, What's interesting is, is um, you know, customer loyalties are really, really, particularly over this, the, the period we've been going through, the pandemic, the COVID-19 thing, um, customer loyalty is becoming more and more important. And actually, people are becoming more loyal. And one of the ways that we're at the forefront of that with what we do is we give people that personal service. Yeah. Um, we may not be able to deliver to them personally, which, the, you know, the company, because we have our online websites, you know, lots of my customers now buy through through the website, but I can still talk to them. Yeah, I can still communicate with them. I can add them into secret Facebook groups to help encourage them with things like our C9 program or the, the F15 program, which, by the way, I've just done a C9 and two F15s and I lost seven and a half kilos. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. So, um, you know, it's a. Uh, for me, that's a, a you know a, a massive thing. So one of the things I've been focusing on is my fitness, Definitely. but that's that's why it's so important that people understand you've got to choose a, a company that has the right products. And and I often say, and you've heard me say this in BPs, Bob. Um, if if you try the products and don't like it, this isn't the right company for you. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent, absolutely, percent. People have to fall in love with it. So, so I spent a few months looking around the industry. You know, I looked at lots of companies that I'm sure people have heard of. Um, am I allowed to mention names? I don't see why not, as long as we're not. Uh, you, know, I'm knocking these you, know, you know, I looked at companies like Amway and Herbalife, and I'm not knocking these companies when I say that. They just weren't the right ones for me. Yeah. Um, uh, but 
and I looked at lots of companies that came here that were trumpeting they were going to be the next best thing. They were going to be the biggest thing in network marketing. They had the best products, the best, best marketing plan. Every single one of those companies I looked at um, 27 years ago, gone. Yeah. Every single one. Obviously not the Amways and the Herbal Lives. They're still here. Um, yeah. But every single one of those new ones, they're gone. And people, I cannot stress this more importantly, you need to choose a company that's going to be here, not just in one year or two years or five years or 10 years. You need to be choosing a company that's going to be here in 20 years, in 30 years, in 40 years to keep paying you your bonus and so that you can pass that business on to your kids or the next yep. generation so that they can also benefit from it. Yep. That is such an important part of what we do in network marketing. Yep. Um, and I believe that with Forever, because we're a privately owned company, we have an amazing business that has absolute longevity to be able to pass on to people. And also because we're a privately owned company, we can have our chairman's bonus program, which as you said right at the beginning, there are an unlimited number of spaces for people to qualify for chairman's bonus. That would not be the case if we were a company that was, for instance, quoted on the stock market that had, that had shares, because we would have to provide value for shareholders in terms of dividends. We've um, seen that in the corporate world at the moment, aren't you? There's uh, very many pensions funds invested in blue chip companies uh, relying on the dividends. And uh, a lot of the boards now are saying no dividends. And so you're absolutely right. So. Absolutely. They have to, they have to plow the money back into the company to keep yep. the company going. Otherwise, otherwise the, the shares will go kaput anyway. Yep. So eventually after looking around the industry, I was introduced to forever. Uh, uh, somebody I'd known from the previous network introduced me to forever. And I, met a guy called Dusty Green, who's very familiar to both of us. He used to be our managing director here in the UK. Sadly, he's, he's uh, no longer with us. Um, but he, I sat down with him and, it, and that meeting must have lasted three or four hours. I thought it was going to be an hour, probably three or four hours later, we were still talking. And one of the things that he said absolutely resonated with me because everyone else, all the other companies I'd been to and said, oh, well, join us, you'll be making thousands within a few months. And I knew that was bullshit. Yeah. I mean, you can make fast money in network marketing, but it's not the usual, it's not the norm. No. The norm is you have to put in months of, of you know, reasonably hard work in order to build you know, solid foundations. But Dusty said to me, Adam, I promise you won't get rich quick, but you will get rich if you just keep going. And I felt that to be the truth. And, you know, I'd been in business before, so I knew no, you know, I anything that sounds to yep. be true normally is. Yep. And, and, you've, and I know you're the same because you've got the same, a similar background to me in terms of financial services. Yep. You know, I mean, I mean, there are so many, you know, cryptocurrency scammers and forex scammers out there. And, um, you know, and people in are... business is tough. I don't, you know, I have lots of friends, as you have, outside of the industry in all sorts of different walks of life. And uh, I've seen uh, how hard they've all grafted in order to build something significant. And I think that's a, you know, a really important uh, point for anybody looking at our industry. You know, it's, it's, it's a real industry. Therefore, it's real hard work at times. Yeah. And, you know, it's like... You know, it's like the old Bible story of, you know, there, there were two very nice people. Um, one of them built their house on sand. One of them built them on, on, on the rocks. You know, I mean, it's just like, where are you going to build your house? Are you going to be prepared to build it, you know, on, with solid foundations on, on, rock, on, on rocks? Or are you going to, you know, build it with poor foundations on sand? It's just, it's exactly the same as, 
uh, as, as that Bible story in, in, in many respects. And it, it's, it, it's so frustrating to me when I see people who get seduced into joining the wrong company in network marketing and, and they have a bad experience, um, you know, and partly that might be down, down to them. And they walk away and they badmouth the industry as if the industry itself is bad and all companies in it are, are bad. When in fact, the reverse is the case. There are a few bad apples in network marketing, just as there are in any industry. Yep. Um, just as there are in any other form of life. You know, I'm sure anyone who supports football has a hate figure on an opposing team. Like I know you're a Man United supporter. I used to hate Roy Keane. I yeah. thought he was a really nasty, dirty, diggy player. Yeah. Um, but it's exactly the same. Even amongst your own team, you know, there are, you know, if I'm at Old Trafford, I'm sure it's the same view at Stamford Bridge. Sometimes I'm appalled by some of the actions of our own supporters. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it's the same in everything, isn't it? There's good and bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, I joined Forever. Um, I was um, still had a full-time job, worked hard, had just um, got together um, and got married to, um, to my, <clears throat> I have to say, first wife yep. and, um, and started building a business literally in the nooks and crannies of my life, you know, around, around a very busy headhunting job, which, as you know, is very time intensive because yep. candidates don't want to meet you in office hours. You know, they, they, they want to meet you either before work for breakfast at lunchtime or after work. Then you, of course, have to have client meetings, schmooze your clients and everything. But I still managed to build my business, you know, making phone calls in coffee breaks and going out at lunchtime and making phone calls or trying to or, or, or trying to meet somebody, meeting people straight from work to, to do a one to one with them. Um, you know, I was part of starting the first ever business presentation in London. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and every single weekend there would be on a, I think we did it on a Sunday, we would do a training for the team every single Sunday and the business just grew in it. And we didn't know very much about it. It was just excitement and enthusiasm and a passion for what we were doing, a passion for helping other people and helping other people grow their businesses. And, and what it meant was that I joined in August, 1993 by September, I was a supervisor, October, an assistant manager, November, a manager, and I think I was a senior manager by February or March the following year, um, which sounds extraordinarily quick, but actually it was just because there was a group of like-minded people. It's amazing what you can do when you have a team of people that all are pulling in the same One direction. Purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I think that's again why people you know, sometimes don't see the kind of growth is because we were all on song. We were all on message. We were all working to help each other. And very often you see teams start to splinter and some want to go in one direction and some want to go in another direction and, and you end up pulling in different directions. And all it does is confuse everyone in the team. And, it, and, and you lose that energy, don't you? And the yeah. energy is so critical. Yeah, you do. It's, it's, and, you know, it, and, and it's sad because you know, everyone wants the same thing ultimately. And um, I think a lot of it is down to ego. And I have to say, I've sometimes let my ego run amok when I've been trying to, to, to get the team to pull in the right direction. I've made mistakes, as I'm sure everybody has. Yeah, but, you know, the older and wiser I get, and, um, you know, sadly, I'm going to be 60 this year, wow. is um, the, the more I, I, you know, am able to look at things and think, you know what, it's, you know, we do need to, uh, to, to sometimes step back from our egos and let, uh, and let things kind of move in the right direction without us constantly trying to, 
to uh, stick our oar in, as it were. Absolutely. So, um, so I joined and then I was part-time for two years. I joined in August 93, July 95, I quit my job. And the reason I quit my job was because we'd had an income of £5,000 a month for three months consecutively. And that gave me the confidence, confidence. to quit my job yeah. Yeah. and go full-time. Um, and actually, I also quit my job because we had our rally coming up. Now, when I say I quit my job, I walked away from a headhunting job and you get paid an annual bonus depending on what work you've done. Yeah. And I walked away from what was already around a 30 to 40,000 pound bonus. And remember, this was back in 1995. Right. You know, that was a lot of money. By the end of the year, it's possible I could have accrued an 80 to 100,000 pound bonus. And I walked away from that in order to do forever full time. So when people say, do you have to make a sacrifice sometimes if you want to take your business to the next level? I'll say yes. And I did. Um, and I'm so glad I did because the reason I went was we'd qualified for our first, um, what used to be called super rally. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was in Dallas, Texas. We went to, um, we were, went, I think it was the Gaylord in Dallas, the, the, the name of the hotel. Okay, and yeah. I'd, I'd met Rex the year before we'd had our first ever UK rally because forever was small enough. Then we were only in about 40 or 50 countries that every country had its own, um, international, uh, sorry, had its own national rally. Um, Rex used to be in attendance at all of them, didn't he? he it was went, amazing actually. Do you know, he must've been on the road. When I think about how hard Rex worked, yep. he must've been traveling for 250 days plus a year in order to build a business. I mean, I think of Rex as a father figure, but when you think about his work ethic, I'm just totally blown away by how amazing that man was and is in terms of getting us all moving and getting the whole business moving. I mean, leading it, by example, you know, whenever you were around Rex, if there was anybody around you that wasn't part of forever, he was absolutely talking to them about forever. I mean, and that, that, um, you know, attitude and that mindset stayed with him all the time. It was incredible. Oh, I'm, and I know you'll remember, I remember when we were in Malaysia on, yeah. on one of our other rallies, maybe 15 years, 16 years ago. And we were invited to lunch by the king of one of the big Malaysian states. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, I do remember it. I don't remember the state, but yeah, well, I remember it going to his palace very well. Yeah, we walked in there and obviously security everywhere. And he had all, he sat down and he had all his courtiers there and he gave a little speech. And then Rex was asked to respond and Rex stood up. And in front of all of his security, all of his courtiers and you know ministers, Rex stood at the rostrum and pitched the king of this state in Malaysia <laughs> joined forever. I remember it, him suggesting that you know there could be very many people in Malaysia who could welcome a second income opportunity, and we're all going, this is incredible that he would have the courage to do that in front of the king. I mean, can you imagine the cojones? I mean, it's just <laughs> incredible to... Uh... I'm right in thinking, my memory's not great, but I'm pretty sure he had a, a business application form in his hand. He did. <laughs> he did, he got He had the application form and he was waving it from the rostrum at the prince or at the king to say, hey, you know, well, I think you should be signing up here. My example, as I do. <laughs> yeah. 
Another story about Rex, I remember, he always said to us, he would always book an aisle seat when he was travelling, even when he was in club or first, because that way he was bound to be not too far away from somebody else who he could chat to. And uh, he always had his card and his, uh, his um, you know, any, a brochure with him that he could share with the, the other people on the plane. He's incredible. Yeah, he is. So, uh, yeah. So I, I met him the year before he'd come to the UK. And, you know, remember he was travelling 250 plus days a year he was going to 50 countries every year meeting tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of fbos the next year we qualified went to our first and it was just a handful of people from the uk qualified to go to what was then called the international super rally in dallas and i remember walking across the vast atrium of this hotel and rex i saw rex walking kind of the other side of the atrium um, with navaz actually and they were walking across and rex suddenly saw me and he turned, walked straight towards me, stuck out his hand and said, hi, Adam, how are you? Yeah, amazing. I was just, you know, I'd, when I worked in the city, I would meet people who, you know, I'd, I'd had meetings with, you know, whether I was b being a, a, a broker or whether I'd been in headhunting. And I'd been somewhere else and I'd bumped into them and they totally blanked me. Yeah. Because I wasn't important enough. Yeah. And yet Rex, even though I was a tiny part of this rapidly growing global company, Rex changed direction and came over and said hello and chatted to me. And I was just totally blown away. And remembered your name, which is, you know, again, a real skill, a real skill. He, um, he never forgets a name. No. He never forgets a name. That's the, one of the most important things for me about Rex is he loves people. He does. And you know, you can't have a possibly have a better founder of a company that somebody than somebody that loves people the way Rex loves people. Absolutely. So I, you know, I was blown away. Anyway, I continued building my business. Um, you know, I, I now I, I was one of the first people to to go over to Scandinavia and help that going. So I now have probably ninety five percent of Scandinavia is in my business somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've um, gone over and worked a lot in, in Holland with, um, or in Benelux with Ashley and Louise. Yep. Um, you know, so I have a very strong business there. I've worked in South Africa. I've got a good business there in Australia. Um, I've got a great business in Germany that actually I've done very little to contribute to except the odd, um, you know, webinar, that kind of thing. But that, that's a very, very strong business. Uh, have business in Ireland. Um, I've got a little bit in the States. In fact, I now get an income from about 40 different countries. Um, you know, most of that is tiny. When, when you say that, people are very impressed. But as you know, most of that is, could, you know, is probably anywhere from 10 to $50 a month. Yeah. Um, but then you get maybe three or $400 a month. And then you might get, you know, seven or 800, then a few more with, with a thousand dollars a month and then 2000. And, and, you know, the great thing is though, it all adds up. It all adds up. You get exposures to different cultures. If you wanted to take the time to go and physically work more in any of those countries, you can. It's just about the freedom and the flexibility, isn't it, that the model offers you. And I think you're a good example of that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, people talk about a laptop lifestyle, but and you I know you have as well. But, you know, I've worked on trains. I've worked on planes. I've worked on yeah. coaches. I've worked on buses. I've worked in hotel rooms. I've worked in coffee bars. I've worked in restaurants all over the world. Yeah. You know, I've worked, I've worked, I've been taken to places as far north as Alaska and as far south as South Island of New Zealand. 
but I've worked in you know loads of those countries while I've been taken to those places by forever now that could just mean you know a couple of phone calls it could be sitting down and doing some training with team it could be you know, now more and more, it's it's about connecting with people on social media and and yep. uh, maybe doing Zoom calls and stuff. But it is such a flexible business. It is. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I mean, I've been, you know, to 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 um to lose the weight I've just lost. I've been training for one and a half hours every morning. I mean, what business could you roll out of bed, go into your back garden, and work for, work out for one and a half hours every morning, and then you know, kind of have a nice relaxed bit and then start work, maybe, I don't know, 10, 10, 30, something like that. I mean, it's, it really is extraordinary how flexible the business is. And that's why it's suitable for anyone who has 10 hours a week. You know, if you've got young kids and you don't want to go back to work, this is a great business to be involved with. If you've got a job that you are not sure about, this is a great business to be starting alongside it. Um, if you've got a boss that is bullying you, this is a great business to be starting. So you've got a plan B building alongside that, 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 that business. Even if you're just looking for a complete career change, you know, I know this pandemic has shaken people up and a lot of people are looking around and wondering if the path they've chosen is the right path for them. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, we have something great to offer people with the forever opportunity. Yeah, I, I think um, I've heard you know, a number of senior people or established people like yourself, you know, refer to this time in our history as being like the golden age or the best time in our history. And, and I think it's true. I think a lot of people, you know, will be reflecting on you know, what they've learned when they've not been commuting every day, when they haven't been at the office every day. And uh, for some, I think it'll be a life changing experience for them to go look for something that's they are more in control of that affords them that flexibility that you've just described actually. Yeah. And actually, and I know, you know, because I, I did a presentation on this a few months ago, but um, you know, I've, I've lived and worked through three recessions. Yeah. Um, you know, the one at the beginning of the eighties, the one in, in, that started in 1990 and the one we had in 2008. And every single time I have seen massive growth after that um, recession has happened and you know there's no doubt this is going to be a recession this is our yeah. worst um, period in terms of GDP for 41 years I mean it's inevitable that's here in the UK it's inevitable that we're going to see not just a UK but a global recession yeah. but recession creates opportunity because it creates as as we've discussed so many times disturbed or disturbable people and obviously i'm not talking about mentally disturbed i'm i'm saying people who are disturbed by the yeah, path they've chosen and looking for something else at that crossroads in their life where they realize if they keep doing the same thing they're going to get the same result and it's not what they want so you're absolutely right there. exactly just, just remind me we're talking about chairman's bonus here how many times have you picked up a chairman's bonus check and and what what has been the impact uh, on your life of, of having those lump sums of money in addition, of course, to the regular monthly bonus that you get? Wow. Um, honestly, I don't know. I think I've qualified just about every year since it started. But I can't remember when it started. When did it start? 93 or something like that because originally, originally it was profit share and a bit like our rallies originally it was local so no, it wasn't it wasn't 93 because we didn't have it when i joined and that's okay. and that's an important point to make because i joined forever not when it didn't have the chairman's bonus program yeah so you know it wasn't that that got me involved what got me involved then maybe 
it may be 96, 97. I became country manager in 99. So it was definitely in Dusty's day that the first checks were given out. Oh, yes, it was. I mean, it was, it was, um, yeah, it would have been probably kind of 95, 96, 97 it started, I think. Yeah. But, but what it meant was that suddenly, having joined a company where I just thought I could build a great income, suddenly we were presented with the ability to also generate a bonus every year. Yeah. And my first bonus was £36,500. I mean, wow. my first ever chairman's bonus check was 36500 That's amazing. Um, and, you know, since... I mean, I don't know, I've never actually bothered to add it all up, but in the last eight years, I mean, I think I've, I've earned just over $2.8 million. Just in chairman's bonus. Just in, yeah, that's not my income, that's just chairman's bonus. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to boast when I say that because you can only get bigger checks by helping more people in your team to, to get a check as well. It is, you know, this runs right the way through our marketing plan. The more people you help, the more you earn. Um, what's it enabled me to do? Well, the first thing is all three of my kids went to boarding school, yeah. um, you know, which were, which anyone who knows the, the cost of private education, expensive, um, very expensive. I mean, uh, when all of my kids were at boarding school at the same time, it was costing me around a hundred thousand pounds a year. After tax. After tax, I'm going to say, it's not a, it's not a tax deductible expense in the UK, unlike no, some of them. it isn't. I mean, uh, it, it's, it, so I was paying probably another, um, well, with everything else, probably another 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year tax yeah. on top of that, yeah. um, in order to get to put my kids through boarding school. And, you know, what that meant was that, that I didn't actually have a lot of money left over from my chairman's bonus after that. Um, but I was never in a financial situation where a lot of people do, where living from one, lurching from one disaster to another. You know, the sad, for me, one of the saddest things about life is when, for instance, somebody gets a flat tire on their car and they can't afford to get a new tire. That's how tight their budget is. And yeah. so you see them driving around with those. Um, I mean, they don't even give you a proper spare wheel anymore, do you? That's, yeah. They just give you one of those little wheels. Like emergency tire, emergency wheel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you're only allowed, you're only supposed to drive those for a hundred kilometers max. But you know, you see people driving them for weeks or months because they can't afford a tire, or you know, you you hear about people whose washing machines are broken and they can't afford to buy a new washing machine. So, yeah, you know, that the ordinary for some people puts them immediately into a difficult financial situation, which is very very sad. Yeah, I mean, what do they say that the average person has enough savings? to last them for two weeks if they lost their jobs. Amazing. Which is, which is why, you know, wherever you are in life, if you're listening to this for the first time, just imagine if that happened to you, what, what could an extra two to 400 pounds a month just by getting 20 customers for our products, how different would your life look if you had that little bit extra income coming in? Yeah. And if you and if you still have your job, just imagine what an extra two to 400 pounds a month. I'm not even talking about building a network. No. I'm just talking about the power of having a business where you've got around 20, maybe 25 customers. Yeah. Um, you know, people really underestimate the power of a little income. There yeah. are so many people today. I mean, 64% of the UK workforce a survey shows want to have their own business. Yeah. 
And if you look at 18 to 24 year olds, that goes up to 83%. Of 18 to 24 year olds want to have their own business. And most of them don't really understand network marketing. I mean, you know, we have a business that to get started costs 200 quid, but there's no overheads. There's no premises. There's no stockholding. There's no employees. There's no national insurance to pay. You know, there's no, um, you don't have to heat or light or, or um, cool a premises with staffing. You You know, I mean, it's just extraordinary what you can do. And what's the worst thing that can happen Yep. is that you decide the business isn't for you, but for the rest of your life, you can get the products at a 35% discount. So you fall in love with the products, you get them for the rest of your life, 35%. I mean, how can people not see what a great opportunity this is? Yeah. There's certainly, you know, no real downside risk apart from a little bit of uh, time commitment on your part, that's for sure. So unlike... Most conventional businesses, or, or even franch, uh, franchise business, you know, significant amounts of money are invested in the first instance by the person owning the franchise, and uh, therefore the risk is great. So I, I agree with you 100%. Um, and I do, th- for me, when you, you know, you mentioned the stats, and particularly the younger generation, I guess it's not a surprise because they've seen that actually the whole concept that we were sold in the olden days of getting a good education, going to university and you'll be okay for our younger generation. They're learning that that's not necessarily the case. And I think that's why they're more inspired to not follow necessarily in their parents' footsteps, but to do something for themselves, which is really good for our industry. Oh, completely. I mean, you know, my, my parents said that to me, I'm sure yours did to you, you know, get get a good education, get a job with a good company, stay with that company. They'll look after you. I mean, that's, that has just been totally blown out of the water. And, and, you know, one of the things I always said to my three kids, and in fact, to John team, you know, my fourth, yeah. is whatever you do, do something that you love. Yeah. Because life is too short to waste it doing something you hate to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that in our industry in the sense that you see people who could quite easily afford to not do anything because, you know, they've built a significant... Um, um, income stream for themselves but still choose to be active because it's not really like work it's you know we love what we do and so therefore we don't feel like we're going to work in the same way that very many of the population do on their daily commute that's for sure yeah I'm interested Adam there's lots of new people joining uh, forever at the moment and the industry generally at the moment what would be your advice to somebody just getting started as as to the main things to focus on to get themselves established as a business owner Well, the first thing I would say is make sure you're sure. And what I mean by that is this is a self-education business. There are so many books written about network marketing where you can learn some of the really core facts. Now, why would you want to do that? I'll tell you why, because you are going to be assaulted by people who are going to be negative about what you've decided to do. And it's, crucial that you are sure within yourself that what you're doing is honest and ethical and that can help other people and that works both with the products that you're working with you know I mean we have the most phenomenal product range but also that you can work with people and help them to build a genuine business so make sure you're sure do your reading do your listening become passionate about network marketing, be an advocate for network marketing, be an ambassador for network marketing. So 
make sure you're sure would be my first tip. The any, second thing. Any particular favorite book that you would recommend there to? Well, I mean, there are so many. I mean, you know, The, the Business of the 21st Century by Robert Kiyosaki, who of course wrote the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Yeah, um, that's an excellent book. Yeah. Tom Barrett, um, Dare to Dream, Work to Win. Um, you know, GoPro by Eric Worre. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's just so many books that you can read about network marketing. I mean, there's, there's some by, um, you know, Randy Gage. And um, I mean, I, I, there's books I read years and years ago. I can't even remember the names. I mean, if you, if you could see where I'm sitting now, I'm in the barn. So I'm looking at our house through the window. You have a huge library, don't you? Sorry? You have a huge library I'm looking, of inspirational books. Oh, to the right of me, I've got, I've got um, you know, 10 shelves of books and CDs. And then behind me, I've also got a whole corner of books and, and, and things. And I have these shelves built specifically for my library. And it's not just network marketing. You know, I've got hundreds of personal development books. Yeah. Um, you know, you, if anyone wants to read a great book on... on what it takes to be successful, then read a book by Grit, called Grit by Angela Duckworth, um, you know, or The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I mean, there are so many books. I mean, anything by Jim Rohn, but The Seven Strategies for Wealth and Happiness is a wonderful book. Um, the Richest Man in Babylon, uh, Think, Think and Grow Rich. I mean, all of these are classics of the personal development genre, but but, you know, they're such great books. There's just so much you can listen to, you know, things like Brian Tracy, um, Les, Les Brown. Um, there are Anthony Robbins. There are literally, you don't even need to buy a book or buy a, a CD. If you just go onto YouTube and Google Les Brown, Anthony Robbins, Brian Tracy, you can watch hundreds of hours or listen to hundreds of hours of stuff that cannot help but change your thinking and your mindset. So, and what's consistent for me in, in looking across our industry and our company, you know, the successful people like yourself have some similar traits. And one of them most definitely is working really hard on your mindset by consuming the right material. And uh, I think that's an important uh, point for anybody getting started who perhaps you know I, i'm sure it's probably different in school now but in my day there was never any lessons on goal setting or positive mental attitude but they are really important points to being a successful entrepreneur i think yeah and and you know there are also loads of books on 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 aloe vera and stuff i mean you know yep. david Ertz's book um yep. aloe vera in veterinary practice it's not just in veterinary practice there are so many tips there for the average person i mean i'm con people are constantly asking me about animal stuff and i think well buy the book or buy the cd you know i mean it's just the, the whole thing is just that there's so much there you can learn i remember the, the guy that started our bee business charles robson he wrote yep. a book called seven health secrets from the hive i read that book i was totally blown away by the power of bee products yep. and the history behind it. You know, just little things like going back, not just centuries, but millennia, they used to put honey on wounds yep. to prevent them getting infected because of course, no antibiotics back then. If you got a bad wound, it got infected, you basically died. Yep. Um, you know, right, right the way through to, to the Crimean War when Florence Nightingale also used honey on wounds because honey provides a protective coating to stop prevent infection getting in but it also contains b propolis which as you know is has naturally um antiviral and antibacterial qualities so of course it prevents that infection happening um you know there's so much you can do to read it just 
and, and it just amazes me that people sit there expecting to be spoon-fed everything. So make sure you're sure, and the way you make sure is by becoming a student, building a library, building your knowledge, feeling secure that what you're doing is right. Yeah. The second thing I would say is trust in the activity. You're going to be encouraged to write a list, to start contacting people, to invite people, maybe to Zoom launches or to look at BPs. Um, and the first few weeks, maybe even the first few months, you are not going to have very much success. Generally, I'm saying you will not or you may not have very much success. And there are going to be plenty of times early on in your career when you'll just throw your hands up and go, you know what, this doesn't work, I'm wasting my time. All I would say to you is trust in the activity. We don't tell you to do something for our own benefit. We tell you to do something because we know that if you do it enough, it works. And by doing it enough, two things happen. First of all, you become more skillful. You know, you have to. Everyone knows the saying, practice makes perfect. If you want to learn how to make a great phone call, practice makes perfect. Make lots of phone calls. If you want to know how to send a great message, then send lots of messages. Practice makes perfect. If you want to know how to invite people to um, go on a Zoom BP, or hopefully by the end of the year, attend a physical BP, invite lots of people. Practice makes perfect. Trust in the activity, um, because eventually that activity will start to produce results. Lots of people quit before they've done enough of the activity because they convince themselves it doesn't work. That would be like saying somebody who has a talent for, well, let's refer back to football again, decides that practicing doesn't work. They'll just let their talent do the talking for them. I mean, how nuts is that as, a, as, a, to have, as an attitude? Yeah. So trust in the activity. But I would also say don't compare yourself to others one of the worst things you can do and you know we do it all the time right from when we're you know fairly young not not when we're perhaps running around as kind of three four five year olds but we start to get a little bit older i mean you know i can remember when i had my first crush on a girl when i was about 11 or 12 yeah but she had a crush on another bloke so i of course started comparing myself to that other guy yeah. and you know, we make these insidious comparisons with people all the time. We think we're not good enough, we're not tall enough, we're not handsome enough, we're not fit enough, or we're too fat, or we're too thin, or, you know, we're not muscular enough, or, you know, all of this, all of these physical comparisons we make. We also make comparisons. We think, oh, well, I'm not clever enough to do that. I'm not as clever as them. And in network marketing, what's particularly insidious is when we say, they must be better than me. We, we started at the same time and look how far ahead of me they are. Yeah. But we all have a different journey. You know, they might have brought skills to network marketing that, that, or to forever that were easily transferable. They might have brought some communication skills from their previous job. Perhaps they'd been in sales. Perhaps they'd been in negotiation. Um, whatever it is that they brought, perhaps they, they understood the process of, of you, you know, the fact that you have to contact a certain number of people to get a certain amount of results. You know, these are skills that are easily transferable into forever. And we may not have had those, which means our journey might be slower, but it doesn't mean we can't accumulate those skills. The harder we work, the longer that we're with it. So, you know, stop comparing yourself to someone. 
and if ever you get to that point where you've been doing it for you know a few months or six months or a year and you just feel like nothing's happening why not just stop and reinvent yourself and start again as if you're starting from scratch and i guarantee you you'll be amazed at how much better you are starting second time round than you were first time round that's good advice. Really good advice. I think, you know, in, in, in our world, it's hard not to compare yourself against others because there is so much recognition and you begin to learn about other people's progress. Um, it's hard not to do that, but it's really just about comparing yourself to yourself and, and uh, being honest and truthful with yourself as to the amount of activity you've actually undertaken, I think, isn't it? That's, that's part yeah. of the secret there. I mean, it, I, I'm not saying you can't aspire to be better, yeah. Um, and that you can't aspire to be as good as someone else. But it's when you compare yourself to you someone else. Beating that, yourself up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. 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 So I think those are probably my, my top tips. Um, right. You know, get in, make sure that you, um, and also, of course, and this is something that, that all the personal development people talk about, but particularly my hero, Jim Rohn. He says, don't hang out with an easy crowd. Yeah. One of the things, if you want to be successful in network marketing, is you are going to have to make a sacrifice in terms of time. And that generally means social time or family time. Yeah, particularly in the early days when you're juggling your new forever business with all the other uh, commitments that you have. Exactly. But when you do that, there are going to be lots of people who you're currently friendly with who are going to criticize and cart because you're not going down the pub every night like you used to yeah. or because you're you know not doing this every week like you used to or you're not going out for a for a curry every friday night like you used to because you're doing something in your forever business yeah. and honestly there's nothing wrong with those people wanting to do that if they're happy with what they've got in life but you joined forever because there was something you wanted to change and if there's something that you want to change then you need to understand that there's going to be a sacrifice to be made. So hang out with people who are looking forward, who are building their businesses, who inspire you to do more, not do less. Um, and this particularly applies the longer you're in forever, because of course, people are always deciding that it's not for them. And when they do, you and I have seen this happen so many times, they start kind of standing at the back of the room and having quite private conversations and saying oh you know how's it going it's not going very well for me and, and before you know it there's a group of three or four people all being negative you know it's it's so frustrating to me when i see somebody who's become negative try and convert other people to their way of thinking just because it makes them feel good about themselves. so don't hang out with an easy crowd hang out with a you, you know so many people have said your income is the income of your five closest friends. Yeah. And, you know, if your income isn't where you want it to be, uh, I'm not saying you say goodbye to those friends. I'm just saying make some new friends, make some more successful friends. Try and, try and hang out with people in network marketing who are being successful and find out why they're being successful. Observe how they live their life. Observe what they spend their money on. You know, I can guarantee you a lot of people give a lot of money to charity um, as do I, as, as do most of the, of the big leaders that, that we know in network marketing. You know, I personally support, um, not just me, obviously, but, you know, I support 10 or 12 different charities. Yeah. Um, just with monthly subscriptions or annual subscriptions or 
um, you know, whatever it is to, keep, to, to, to make sure that I'm doing my bit with those charities. And, and it's funny. And I'm also, you know, one of the other things is that you'll find that people who are, who are happy with, their, with um, the way things are going, they're not complaining about tax or they're not complaining about bills no. or they're not complaining about this or they're not complaining about that. You know, they're, they're just people who generally are positive about life. Those are the people that you want to be hanging out with, not the people who are always, you know, constantly being critical about this, that or the other, because those people, in all honesty and in, and in my 40, nearly 40 years experience of business, not just forever, but business generally, those are the people that want to pull people down, not build people up. Yeah, 100% agree. One final question, Adam. Um, we are finding ourselves, as we said at the start, in um, unusual circumstances around the world, in lockdown with a pandemic. Um, not just that, but looking at the industry as a whole and forever living as a whole, how do you see the future for our opportunity? I just think that what we have is, has huge potential for massive global growth. I mean, if you think that the global wellness industry is worth over four and a half trillion US dollars. Unbelievable. And we are currently as a company, you know, we do somewhere around two billion. Yeah. And we have products that fit into the two biggest sectors in the global wellness industry. Um, the potential is huge. We just need to get out there and tell more people about our products and about our opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm often stumped for words at how to explain how huge the potential is. And not just that, we're also riding the crest of the network marketing wave, which is getting bigger and bigger every single year. But we're also now riding the crest of the work from home wave. So many more yeah. and, and have your own business wave. I mean, there are, it's like we're, we're surfing three or four waves that have come together to create a mega wave. And yeah. our job is to keep our surfboard moving forward and not fall off. Yeah. It is like a tsunami at the moment. So many things coming together that are positively influencing uh, the future for forever living and, and our whole industry. It's, it's incredible to see, you know, so many industries have um, sadly suffered as a result of uh, lockdown. And I think what we've demonstrated is not only can we survive, but we're actually thriving. And uh, this uh, pandemic has definitely had a, um, a, a positive impact on our industry and the mindset of very many people, I think, in the, in the real world out there. So it's been incredible to see. Yeah. Adam, um, we appreciate your time today. Fantastic insight into uh, your forever journey. Some great, great tips for the new people uh, listening in today. Uh, from myself, from all the team at Longbridge Manor and our team in Ireland, we want to say many congratulations to you for being a Chairman's Bonus Check recipient again this year, uh, leading by example. And particularly, we want to thank you for the contribution that you always make to uh, helping us day by day become better at what we do as part of our leadership team. So, Adam, thanks for today. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure to uh, be able to chat with you. Brilliant. And you too, Bob. Thanks very much. And um, yeah, look forward to having a beer, hopefully in the not too near future. <laughs>